Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to another Larry Huck Ministries podcast. We pray this teaching will fill you with God's wisdom, anointing, and revelation knowledge. Thank you for your prayers and faithful support. If you remember when we started this a couple months ago, I guess, uh, I did this because of what we were seeing in the news. The writings in the streets, we were seeing uh, the, the COVID uh, virus spreading around the world. The world was shutting down. The world was shutting down because of diseases. The world was shutting down economically. We were seeing leaders, mayors, and governors of certain states encouraging rioting in the streets. Who would have ever thought we would see? Just think about this. You know, we think about the Lord coming and, and he comes in a twinkling of an eye. He comes as a thief in the night. And it's hard for us to get around that. But if you look back to January and February, and you see that all of a sudden, out of China, not a coincidence, not, not an accident, they were doing that to shut the world down and affect this election that was, just took place, that the world changed. Look at us sitting around with masks on, spraying the, the, everything that, that, that we touch or any areas that we're in. The world changed in a moment of an eye. And as I was watching this, I thought about the birth pangs of the coming of the Messiah. In Hebrew, it's called Ikvot Mashiach, hearing the footsteps of the Messiah. And I really felt the Lord say, you need to make the church aware because the reason for the birth pangs, the reason for these signs is to wake us up. And so we started doing this series of what was going to happen during this time. Is this really preparing us for the rapture or is it preparing us for a revival and as i studied this and as i looked into this even my own thinking began to change as i started taking scriptures and seeing how they really work on god's timetable so let's start with matthew chapter 24. And let me, let me just say this as we get in there. Remember when we started this, God gave me 2 Samuel 24. And a plague, a disease had come on the nation of Israel. The reason why, and please get a hold of this, please get a hold of this. The reason why God sent the plague on Israel was two reasons. Number one is because the nation of Israel was going through the motions of being religious, but not really serving God. And history repeats itself. They were going through the motions of being religious, but they were not serving God. The second thing is the leader of Israel, King David, called for a census to be taken. If you remember the story, his leaders around him, his advisors said, don't do this because he wasn't calling to see how big the kingdom of God was. He wanted to count to see how big his kingdom was. 
And I think that's kind of the way the church world has gotten is yes, we want bigger churches. And yes, you know, I I thank God. I think as we said this year, our television program has grown 500,000 new partners just this year. And we're able to do great things and make big differences in people's lives because of that. And so numbers are important, but the numbers are not important to my kingdom. The numbers are important to his kingdom. And I can't build this church or I can't build our television ministry or I can't build Larry Huck Ministries any way I want. I have to build it according to the word of God. Does that make sense to everybody? And so if you remember, God said that the census that David took, took nine months and 20 days. That nine months and 20 days is a gestation period. And we look back to when COVID began and the economic crisis began and the riotings in the streets allowed by certain members of a certain government, allowing, encouraging this to happen. And, and, I, and I want you to remember what one of the last, one of the main things that God said will show the coming of the Messiah is lawlessness in the streets. And we think, how could that ever happen? We just got a taste of it. And it's not over yet. Lawlessness in the streets, rioting and encouraged by those who are in leadership. And so when I, when I, I saw this, And I saw the nine months and 20 days, and I realized that this ends up from the time the COVID began, the rioting in the streets began, the economic crisis began. This ends in the month of November, that something is going to be born. Now, let me say this prophetically. This last election has changed the world. Now, we don't know how it's in that. You know, there's things that are happening, but whatever, whichever way it's happened and it's changed the world. Never has America been more divided. But here's what everyone. So something world changing has been born. Something good and something bad. You want to make sure that you're on the good side. Because it's going to happen. Amen? Something has been born. There's no question about it. This has, this, the world has changed. America is changed forever. But I want to show you that if we're serving God, I read the end of the book, and we win. And you want to make sure that you're on the, you know, it, it, you know it's like, like Moses said. All right, all those on God's side stand with me. All those on against God stand with Korah. Well, who's going to go stand with Korah? The earth opened up. So we want to make sure that you're on Moses' side because we look at this and the end is actually tremendously exciting. Let's read Matthew chapter 24. And, it, it, and it's a, a bit of a long reading, but it, it brings the whole thing to a conclusion. Verse 3, 24 verse 3. Now, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us when these things will be and what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age. 
And Jesus answered and said to them, now, let me stop right there. You know this, and we're going to go over this when we get to the timeline again. There's a difference between the rapture and the Lord's coming. So when you read this, and we'll explain this more again for the last time, but they're asking, what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the world as we know it? Okay, so watch this. And Jesus answered and said to them, take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. Now, as we already taught this, and if you haven't heard the series, I I encourage you to get the teachings. Because when I first got saved and we read this, many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ. We were taught 40-something years ago that right before the coming of the Messiah, many will come and say, I'm the Christ, False prophets will say, I'm the Christ. That's not what Jesus is saying. He's saying in the last days, many will come saying, Jesus is the Christ, but they'll be teaching from the pulpits a different doctrine, a different gospel. Do you understand the difference? Oh, Jesus is the Christ. We're serving Jesus. But they're teaching a different gospel. They're teaching that, and there's teachings going on today from friends of mine. That if you try to live holy, if you try to live without sin, you're negating the grace of God. Go and sin no more. Woman, where are your accusers? None here, Lord. Go and sin no more. Grace is an amazing thing. I walked in a heroin addict, a drug dealer. I walked out a child of God. God said, go and sin no more. It'd be ridiculous 40 years later if I was still dealing drugs. I, I felt some... Some drug dealers over on this side. <laughs> For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. That's, this is the last days. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled. Don't worry about it. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. See, a lot of times we think faith is nothing bad is happening. Faith is you're trusting in God that he's in control, all things that work together for the good of those who love God. But the end has not yet come. Amen? Amen. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. All these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines, pestilence, earthquakes in various places. And these are the beginnings, the birth pangs of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. And you will be hated by all nations for my sake, for my name's sake. And then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Then false prophets will rise up and deceive many. Because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. Now I'm going to explain how this all works again. And this kingdom of uh, and this and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come, and then will be preached to all the nations, and then the end will come. Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, whoever reads, let him understand. Then those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him who is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of his house. Now, understand, if you're serving God, this doesn't affect you. I'm going to show you. You're already gone. 
You're already, you're already with the Lord, okay? Now let him who is in the field not go back and get his clothes, but woe to those who are pregnant and those who are nursing babies in those days. And, and this is important. So people are still being born during this time. And pray that your flight be not in the winter or on the Sabbath, and then there will be great tribulation, such as not been uh, since the beginning of the world until this time, nor shall there ever be. And unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved, but for the elect's sake, but for the elect's sake, we've already talked about that, we'll hit it again, those days will be shortened. Then if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, or there, do not believe it, for false Christs and false prophets will arise and show great signs and wonders as to deceive, if possible, even the very elect. Now, I've already taught this, but remember, in the last days, you're going to see, and, and we're in the preparation. We've been in the preparation of this for a long time. You're going to see one world government, United Nations. You're going to see one world economy, mark of the beast. You can't buy or sell. You can't go get buy something. You can't sell something. You can't do business without the mark of the beast and one world religion, a false prophet that places the Antichrist on the Temple Mount. All right. For, um, see, I've told you beforehand, verse 26, therefore, if they say to you, look, he's in the desert, do not go out, or look, he's in the inner rooms, do not believe it. For as lightning comes the east and flashes to the west, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Forever the carcass is, there the eagles will be gathered together. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened. Now, I'm not going to tell you that. The eagles will be gathered. I believe that's a hint that America will still be the power that God wants it to be. The eagles, I believe, is America. Okay. Immediately after the tribulation, the sun will be dark and the moon will get the stars will be shaken. Verse 30, then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with the great sound of a trumpet, and they will gather together his elect from the four winds from the one end of, the, of, of heaven to the other, the ones in heaven. Now learn this parable from the fig tree. When its branches already become tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is close. All right, so what we have is a, a, a tremendous illustration of where we are right now. Now, I already told you that when you study world history, when a nation, a leading nation in the world, hits its around, somewhere around the 250-year mark, that nation either takes a nosedive and begins to go downhill, or it makes a, 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 a complete turnaround in the hands of God, and it skyrockets towards greater glory. Right now, America is at 244 years. So we're six years away from that 250-year mark. Now, 
It doesn't happen. Okay, on this day, 250 years, this happens. But it is a sign that every nation has either climbed or nose, did a nosedive. We look at um, the timetable on our calendar. We are right now on, on our calendar at the year 5,781, which gives us over 200 years away from the Sabbath millennium. The, the time we're going to show you. Can you bring my timeline up? Now, a lot of scholars, as I've said already, have come up, scholars, Gentiles, Jews, have said, in this calendar, we are missing 213 years. And the way they get that, in a nutshell, is they look at the stones of the first temple and they look at the stones that were destroyed on the second temple and they say our timeline is off by 213 years coincidentally if you add 213 years to where we are on the calendar right now then that also brings us to six years away from the sabbath millennium now we're going to talk today about the sabbath millennium Nobody knows when the Messiah is coming. You're take, let, let's say we're off by in the 213 years. They're looking at a stone and they're saying, we say this stone is this old. And then they're looking at another stone in the second. We say the stone is that we might be off. We might be off. But the six years from the 250 years, the six years from the Sabbath millennium, I think it's a hint that we need to wake up and pay attention that we're closer to the coming of the Lord than we have ever been before. Can I have an amen? I mean, I think, I think it's obvious. You go and take prophecy, and if you haven't read my book, uh, Seven Living Prophecies, you know, when we're talking about COVID, we're talking about uh, riding in the streets, we're talking about economic crisis, the possibility of you can't go and buy and sell unless you show you've taken a vaccine. We're, we're, we're saying this might be. But the seven living prophecies that I wrote about in my book, these are undeniable. Israel becoming a nation, one nation. That's, that's when you see the fig tree blossom. That's that prophecy. And we have one generation, one generation away from 1948 seeing the coming of the Messiah. Now, I don't know when that's going to happen, but I do say you take those prophecies and you take what we're seeing happening in America right now, and we have to admit God is trying to wake us up. Something is going to change, I guarantee you. And God is showing us these things because he wants you and I to wake up Hear the blowing of the shofar. Serve God with all of our heart. Tell the world about the coming of Messiah so that we're on the winning side. Amen? Nobody, you know, if, if the rapture happens before next Sunday and you show up and none of us here, you're not going to say, well, Pastor Larry never said anything. No, we're saying it because it won't happen because next Sunday is my birthday. Let's look at the timeline on leading us to the seventh millennium. Of course, the Sabbath is the time of rest. The Sabbath is a window of heaven. 
The word millennium means a thousand years. So we are from the beginning of creation to the beginning of the Bible to this point right now, we are somewhere around possibly six years from the Sabbath millennium. And like I said, it may be longer. It may be shorter. We might be wrong on both ends, but we are close. You know, last week I said, people asked me and said, Pastor, where are we? I said, well, we're right about here. Well, as of Tuesday, I think we moved about right about there. But we are close, and it's a wake-up call because God loves us. All right, let's look at, let's, let's look at the timeline. Well, let me show you something here. I read this in a book. We're coming into Christmas, and one of the number one songs during Christmas is a song that we sing about the birth of Jesus called Joy to the World. It was written by uh, Isaac Watts. And Isaac Watts was a pastor and a, and a songwriter uh, back in the six, late 16s, early 1700s. And he wrote hymns. And, and that's, he wrote hymns, if you know the, the story about Isaac Watts, he wrote hymns when hymns were considered sinful. That in the church, you weren't to sing hymns. You only sang psalms. And so he, he anyway, he wrote a song that we all know. You may not know his name, but you know the song, Joy to the World. And we sing this every Christmas. And it's, and it's a song, I, I, I'll never stop singing it for Christmas. It's one of my favorite songs. But I want you to listen to the world, words that he wrote. And he wrote this out of Psalms 98. Listen to the words. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare his room. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and heaven and nature. I mean, remember the song. Joy to the world, the Savior reigns. Let men their songs employ. White fields and floods and rocks and hills and plains. Reap the sounding joy. Reap the sounding joy. Reap, reap the sounding joy. No more let sin and sorrow grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow, far as the curse is found, far as the curse is found, far as, far as the curse is found. He rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness and wonders of his love and wonders of his love and wonders of his love. Now, that's a song that we, maybe our kids will sing it. Maybe we'll sing it uh, come Christmas here in the church, Joy to the World. But as you read those words, and, and it's a great song, and we'll always sing it during Christmas. But is this, out of Psalms 98, words about Jesus' first coming? Or are they words about his second coming? He says, Joy to the World, where nature is transformed. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem, was nature transformed? No. In the fields and the rocks and the hills and the plains, they sing. The curse is broken. No more sin. The thorns have relieved the fields. Um, uh, Sin and sorrow is gone forever. And he rules the world with grace and mercy and love. This is a song, and it's a great song, and we'll always sing it. It's a great Christmas song. Some of you are going, he's ruining Christmas for us. 
But it's not words about his first coming. It's words about his second coming, which happens right before the millennium. That's what we want to talk about. Now, look, look, look at this. The, the, the timeline, remember, these are a shadow of things to come, a shadow of things. Passover was a shadow. Jesus died on the cross, rose, rose again. We went from a shadow, which is still the same thing, to it's happened now for the rest of our lives. We go to Pentecost, Shavuot. It was a shadow. Then the day of Pentecost had fully come. The blessings of Shavuot would last a year. But once Pentecost came, we don't have to wait till next year. We can walk in that anointing and that blessing every moment of our life. You can have the power of God, the anointing of God, the favor of God, the blessing of God, the financial outpouring of God. Not just, not maybe next year, but right now for the rest of your life. Amen. These are a shadow. But then we get up into um, Rosh Hashanah, which is a shadow of the rapture. Yom Kippur, which is a shadow of, of the second coming. And the millennium after the second coming is a shadow of heaven. Now, I'm going to show you this. Now, watch this. 30 days of blowing the shofar. Blow the trumpet in Zion, sound the alarm. That's what God has been doing in America and the world since January. He's blowing a trumpet saying, wake up. These are the birth pangs. Hear the footsteps of the Messiah. Now, it may be a shadow still, but God is saying, look at what's going to happen in the world once the rapture takes place. When the rapture, the reason why God shows us these things is you don't miss it. Wouldn't it be a bummer that all of a sudden you come to church or you come home and your husband's gone, your wife is gone, your kids are gone, you come to church, there's nobody here but you, and you missed the rapture. You missed it. And it's because you fell asleep. The reason for blowing the shofar, the reason for the birth pangs is to wake up. You've been asleep in the light. You've been backslidden. You've been lukewarm. You've been just like Israel did in 2 Samuel, just going through the motions. Wake up and say, you know what? I need God on the throne of my life and my home and my family. Amen? So... The rapture takes place. The moment the rapture takes place, all of us who make the rapture stand at the judgment seat of Christ. Not about our sin. If you make the rapture, you're in heaven. It's done. It's over. But the other reason for blowing the shofar, the other reason to say, you know what, look what's happening out there is so that we understand we not only have to get ready for heaven, but when we get to heaven, God will judge us according to our works, not for sin. But when we stand before the Lord, he has rewards waiting for us. We talked about five different crowns, and there's probably many, many others. But there are rewards. There will be some Christians who make the rapture, but there's no reward. And you got to understand, once this happens, now, I don't believe, obviously, I believe the rapture takes place on Rosh Hashanah. I might be wrong. I believe the rapture takes place on Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah is already over for a month and a half. And so the blessing that we would be rewarded for forever, I believe, lasts for a year. 
I believe we need, to, we need to say, you know what, God, I'm ready for my blessing in my ha- family, my home, my finances. I believe it lasts for a year. Someday it'll be forever. When the rapture takes place, you won't be able to go, well, wait, wait, let me pay my tithes. <laughs> it's too late. Let me, let me help feed the kids in Africa. Let me help do Aliyah in Israel. It's too late. So you'll, you'll either get a big reward or a, a, a little reward or, you know, you get the come, you know, well, you know, all I want is a cabin in the corner of heaven. That may be what you get. <laughs> Me, I want a mansion. You can come over. Come on, how many want to bless, be blessed in heaven? How many want to be blessed here? We're saved by grace, but we're rewarded. Say reward. See, that's, that, that makes Christians uncomfortable. We're rewarded for what we do. Everything you put your hands to, not your bottom. Well, I've been serving God on my bottom for 30 years. Get off your bottom and put your hands to something. Can I say bottom in church? Come on. Okay. After the rapture takes place, after the rapture takes place, then God raises up Moses and Elijah, the two witnesses. The two witnesses cannot be touched. Now, the Antichrist is already on the scene. The false prophet's already on the scene. The, the uh, one world religion, the one world government, the one world economy system, it's already ready to happen. It's already ready to happen. The rapture takes place. The Antichrist has not announced himself as the Antichrist yet. He's just kind of this great false prince of peace that after the rapture and the world's in chaos, he brings peace. And he comes up with some excuse that it's not the rapture as the Christians said or the Jews said. It's, it's something else. Who knows what that'll be. But then in Jerusalem, Moses and Elijah show up in sackcloth. And sackcloth is important because sackcloth means they're teaching judgment. If you didn't make the rapture, it's bad news. Then Elijah and Moses show up saying why you missed the rapture. That Jesus Christ is the Lord of Lords. He's the Messiah. He's the King of Kings. And for three and a half years, Moses and Elijah, the two most powerful guys next to Jesus in the Bible, are preaching in the streets of Jerusalem and the world seeing it. Even CNN can't preach for fake news. They're showing it. But the, the Antichrist can't touch them. God has protected them. But then when we're getting close to here, the Antichrist is allowed to kill them. And when he kills them to mock them preaching the gospel, he leaves them dead in the streets for three and a half days. And this is what the Bible says. All the world sees it. And I said this, I want you to emphasize to realize how this is all coming to place. 30, 40 years ago, the world couldn't have seen it because we didn't have worldwide live television. But we do now. I can go to my computer and get a live picture, a live picture right now. I go to my computer, get a live picture of the Western Wall in Jerusalem. 
See people walking in there praying. This is what's going to happen. The world is good. The world that missed, the world that missed the rapture are the pro-abortion people. Are the people who are causing trouble. The people who are promoting rioting in the streets. Now all of a sudden you got Elijah and Moses standing there saying, "Look what you've done." And they're angry. They want them to shut up. Just like some of you want me to shut up. But I won't shut up. (laughs) Unless Tiz tells me to shut up. So the Antichrist kills them. They're mocking them. They're taking the pictures of them. They're, 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 They're shooting fireworks off. And all of a sudden the voice from heaven says, get up. And God breathes in them and the world sees it. The world sees it. And they stand up, and then a voice. Remember, they've been lied to about the rapture. But all of a sudden, the world, there's all the fake news guys, and the world's filming this. And all of a sudden, everybody hears a voice from God from heaven says, Come up to me. And in front of the whole world, proof of the rapture right there. Now, during this time, because it's Moses and Elijah, there are 144,000, 144,000 radical Jews that rise up and God says, put my name on their forehead, not the mark of the beast, but the mark of the father put my name on there and you can't touch them. And for the rest of eternity, they can't be touched. 144, not, not 12 guys, 144,000 radical Jewish evangelists that don't stay in Israel, but they go to the world preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, preaching the resurrection, that Jesus is the Messiah, that he is the King of Kings, he is the Lord of Lords, he is the Son of Almighty God, and they cannot touch him. They can't stop him. So when this is happening and these two guys are resurrected and the 144,000 are preaching everywhere, Everywhere, 144,000 everywhere in the world. This is when the Antichrist says, all right, I got to make my move. And the Antichrist comes at three and a half years and he destroys all the furnishings in the temple. And he sets an idol up of himself. And the false prophet stands with him and says, this is the one we need to worship. And then he proclaims, Unless you worship me and take my mark on your forehead or on the back of your right hand. Now, let me say something. Right now, we're in a shadow of that. You got to make sure you don't take the mark in your heart. You got to make sure that you don't say, you know what? I'll do anything. I'll say anything. I'll be anything. As long as somebody is taking care of me, as long as somebody's giving me something, as long as somebody's paying me, you got to make sure whether you're a preacher or a carpenter or a politician, you got to make sure that you don't sell yourself out and take the mark in your heart because you take the mark in your heart. Someday you're going to take it on your forehead. And if you take it on your forehead, there is no chance. 
Someday it's going to be the real thing. I believe what we're seeing right now in the world, in America, taking the gospel out of the schools, Ten Commandments out, taking God out. I believe it's a chance for everyone to say, you know what? I'm going to stand up for the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm going to stand up for the kingdom of God, and I will not take the mark in my heart. I don't care what they say. I am standing for the kingdom of God. Somebody ought to shout amen. The abomination of desolation takes place. And I believe it's going to be something like this. That's why I believe this. we're in a shadow of this right now. I believe it's going to be something like what we're seeing now. They're going to come up with, uh, I believe I believe China already has a vaccine. I believe China had a vaccine before they ever spread this to the world. And I believe what's going to happen is, is the government's going to say, we've got a vaccine and, I, and I'm not saying thus say the Lord in this. This is Larry speaking like Paul said. This is not the Lord. This is Paul speaking. I believe you're going to see another spike. And then they're going to demand to take the vaccine. They're going to give an, a, a choice. Well, you don't have to take it. But when you walk into Kroger, you got to show a card or a chip that you've taken the vaccine. Otherwise, for safety's sake, you can't buy or sell. I believe this is a shadow of that. Someday it's going to be the real thing. But you watch. You watch in the next year, the next two years. They're going to come up with something like this. And it is a shadow of things to come. Then, if you can't buy or sell, you're going to have to die. And this is what the Bible says. Unless these three and a half years are shortened, one, was it one third or one quarter of the world's population dies? I believe many of them die because they can't get medical help. I believe many die because of starvation. I believe many die because the, 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 the certain leaders in governments around the world, including America, who, who allow rioting in the streets and who allow destruction will encourage this. Well, you're against the one who's going to bring us an answer. And it, the Bible says, unless these days are shortened, unless these days are shortened, the whole world would be destroyed. It'll be a, a, a destruction during those three and a half years as the world has never seen before and will never see again. But during this time with the two witnesses and 144,000, what does the Bible say? The Bible says that God saw millions upon millions upon millions who would not bow down to the Antichrist coming to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So this is right here, the great revival. This is the great revival that we always talk about before the coming of the Lord. This is not the coming of the Lord. This is the rapture, the judgment of God on the church, the catching away. You want to make that to escape all of this. Then during this, 144,000, this is the great last revival in which millions upon millions upon millions will come before the Lord and worship him. Now, some people say, well, I'm just going to, I'm just going to wait until then to give my life to the Lord. Listen to me. If you won't live for him now, I don't think you got the guts to die for him later. Why not live for him now? 
and, re- and walk in his blessing and divine joy and peace. All right, so I'm almost out of time. So here we, the Bible says, unless these days are shortened, the whole world would be destroyed. How are they shortened? The Bible says in Revelations, it says, then all of a sudden we heard a sound of the trumpet, a blowing of the shofar, and we looked up, and there is the Lord on his white stallion. This is, the, this is the second Messiah. The first Messiah came as a prince of peace on a donkey. The second time he comes, he's not coming to kiss anybody. He's shutting the doors, shutting the windows, and he's coming to kick the devil right out. <laughs> Amen? He, he, yeah, I remember when I first got saved, I heard a guy say, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, because my God is the baddest dude in the valley. I mean, he's coming back. He's coming back with fire out of his mouth and a sword coming out. And he looks up, and here, all, here are all of us. And I love this part. I, it may not tickle you. It tickles me. We're all come, We're on stallions, too. We're on horses, too. Man, I mean, we, we come down, and, we're, and, and the devil goes, what? And we go. We don't even fight. We got the gear. We're looking good. I can tell you, I got a big sombrero with the bullets across and <laughs> knives and guns. And... and Jesus comes and whoops up on everybody, everybody. That's how this is going to end. Then we go from here, boom, into the Sabbath millennium. Now, this is called in Hebrew the, the, the age of the Messiah. This is what every Jew believes is about to happen. Israel's a nation now. We look at all the Arab nations that are coming in in, uh, in, in, in agreement. Arab nations coming in agreement with Israel. Folks, someday this will all happen. This is a shadow. Do you get it? This is a shadow. I got to go quick. This is a shadow. Can I have five more minutes? This is a shadow. What will happen, boom, here, and according to the timetable, and I'm not saying it's going to happen in six years. We may be way off, but it is saying something that we're pretty close to this. We're pretty close to this, that the moment this happens, boom, we end up in the Sabbath millennium. What takes place in the Sabbath millennium? I've got tons of notes. I'm just going to tell you. You can look it up. Number one, there's going to be rewards enjoyed. Those, the, the Bible says that we will rule and reign. Those of us who made the rapture, we will rule and reign with Christ for a thousand years. Well, if we're all Christians there who are and all believers in God, Jews and Christians, who are we ruling and reigning with? Those who survived, the world wasn't totally destroyed, we're ruling and reigning. Number two, there'll be great prosperity. This is where the Bible says the, the plowman will overtake the reaper. L- let me say that. I'm, I'm so out of time. This is the time from here to here, especially here to here, when almost all the prophecies concerning Israel come to pass. This is why it's so important that we're standing for the nation of Israel. 
You know, the Bible says that someday Israel will own the land that God gave them in the time of Abraham, in the time of David, right? That someday Israel, well, if you look at Israel right now, the biblical land is about 30 times bigger than that. Well, I don't see that happening. I don't see all of a sudden Jordan saying, you know what? God's right here. Take our land. And Syria going, we were wrong. I don't see that happening, but it will happen right here. That's why it's so important that we stand with the nation of Israel because it's a shadow of things that are going to happen for eternity, right? Okay, so it'll be a time of great joy and great prosperity and and long life. Um, there There will be people born during this. Before the flood... Before the flood, the Noah's flood, a per- Methuselah lived what? What did Methuselah live? 900 and, 998 years or something? Huh? 969. Over 900 years. So we'll have, we'll, we'll go back. And why? Why, why, was, why before the flood? Well, who? nobody knows. But a lot of people say because the earth was perfect. The atmosphere, the conditions, the earth was perfect. Once this takes place... All the thorns are removed. All the plagues are removed. All the evils are removed. All the false prophets and evil spirits are removed. We're living. We're not in heaven yet. Heaven's coming in January. But we are in the, the, the shadow of heaven. And it's just absolutely amazing. Now, w- without getting into too much detail, I've run out of time. When we get to the end of here, once again, Satan is released. And Satan will still, who are we ruling and reigning? Satan will still have followers. People who still will not follow the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Who still will not recognize Jesus as the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. They just won't do it. And so this is when Satan and all evil is destroyed once and for all. It's over. And then... We go into heaven. Now, let me close with this. I skipped all my notes. Let me close with this. Pastor, where are we right now? Well, I believe we're right in here. Now, this may be a year. Maybe the rapture will take place by next Rosh Hashanah. It may be five years, maybe six years, maybe 10 years, but it's coming in my generation. It's coming in my lifetime because when Israel became a nation, that's the big, he said, this is a, when Israel became a nation, this is a flag to the world. This is a waving banner saying, I told you it was going to happen. Everybody said it can't happen. Well, never happened. It's never happened in the, in the history of the entire world. When God says it's going to happen, it will happen. Not on our time, but on his time, it will happen. So, I believe what we're going through in all these things, I might be wrong. The rapture may take tomorrow. The rapture, I, I, it may not happen on Rosh Hashanah. I personally believe it will. And because God loves us so much. They say, well, the Bible doesn't say, the Bible says no man knows the day or the hour. We don't know. Rosh Hashanah is two days. But I believe the blowing of the shofar is literally the blowing of the shofar, but it's also the COVID, it's also the rioting, it's also the pro-abortion, it's also all the lawlessness in the church and in the streets. It's all of this. It's the blowing of the shofar. It may be 
a year, two years, three years, six years, 10 years, but it's happening in my lifetime. When the rapture takes place, it'll be the real thing. But until it takes place, everything we see here is a shadow. It's the same thing. And it's a shadow of things to come. What is that saying to us? When I was studying this about the bride of Christ, I make my bride ready. Making the bride ready starts right here. The two witnesses, 144,000. And I was telling Tiz, and I was telling the guys in the back, I said, God, why are you showing me this? Okay, I understand it. They're the bride of Christ. And, and we'll talk about this when we get to heaven. The bride comes down uh, with, with the new, uh, new heaven and new earth. And, and it's an amazing teaching. Heaven's going to be better than we think. You, you don't want to miss this series. I, I'm looking and going, I'm ready. I want to get my birthday next week, but I'm ready after that. Why are you showing me this? And God spoke to me and he said, because of Ephesians 5. He said, Ephesians 5 does not say that the Lord is coming for a glorious bride. He says the Lord is coming for a glorious church. A glorious church. If you read, if you read 2 Thessalonians, it does not say there will be a great revival in the world before the rapture. It says there'll be a great revival in the world before the second coming. This is the great revival. But the Bible does say before this happens, God will have a glorious church without spot, without wrinkle, that we're going out the head and not the tail. We're going out the lender, not the borrower. We're going out with no disease, no sickness, no debt, no lack. We're going the world. I hope I'm wrong. I hope, the, 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 I hope we're off by 50 years and the whole thing is wrong and God brings another great world revival. I just don't see it necessarily happening in the world. But I do see God promising a great, great, mighty outpouring in the church where all of us are functioning until that last moment with the great anointing of God, signs and wonders and miracles, and it will touch many, many people. I believe it'll touch more people will get saved than we've ever seen before. But the millions upon millions upon multiplied millions are going to come here. But right before all this happens, right before it all happens, God is pouring out his spirit on the church you want to be the church you want to be the called out and the assembled together the ecclesia you and i want to walk in the signs and the wonders and the miracles and the power of god there'll be even after this day there'll be people who deny christ i i just don't see people doing the right thing by the hundreds and hundreds of billions but i do see a great wave of anointing on the church that the world will look at and say we cannot deny that jesus christ is with them that he is the king of kings and the lord of lords someday this will happen forever 
But right now, listen to the word of the Lord. Right now, we are in a shadow of that. And you need to get ready for God to move on you. You need to get ready for God to move through you. You need to get ready for God to use you. You need to get ready for God to bless you. You need to get ready for God to prosper you. Someday it'll be forever. But we are in a shadow of that right now. And I declare you and I who serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, we're not going home with a moan. We're going out with a shout. And the world will know that we serve Almighty God. If you receive that, give him a great big clap offering of praise and glory and honor in the house of the Lord today. One of the things when I'm studying for heaven, and to be honest with you, I, I, I'm going to be honest with you, I've never really studied heaven. You know, it's like, yeah, okay, it's going to be good. But I start looking at it, and I go, oh, come quickly, Jesus. It's going to be awesome, guys. But, you know, one of the things, now remember, this is, this is just temporary. Even that thousand years is temporary. But, you know, one of the things, and I, want the, I hope the worship team can hear me. One of the things that the, it says, and I think it's in, I think it's Revelations. I think it's Revelations 5. It says they heard of vo- the voice of a, of a choir of thousands upon thousands upon thousands. I can't remember, just you. But then he talks about a voice preparing us, a choir of the 144,000. There's a choir of the 144,000 Jews singing glory to God. And John said, I looked and saw Jesus standing on the mount. And surrounding him was the choir of 144,000. And harps and violins and stringed instruments. The voice of God himself worshiping the Savior. And I thought... Now that's a worship service. But you know, when I read that, God spoke to me and I worshiped him. We have, we have just an amazing worship team. We have an amazing worship team. And God spoke to me and he said, prepare you for the shadow of that. That the world will watch you and listen to the words that you sing worshiping the Messiah. And I thought of this, and I want to close with this. Many, 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 many years ago, a friend of mine was in a church in Singapore. And this huge church, I don't even remember, it was, this is, gosh, this was 25 years ago or more. And I remember when he came back, he told me, he said, huge church. And he said, I was sitting on the platform with the pastor. And, you know, the group that we came out of, we weren't the falling down kind, you know, that the slain in the spirit every day kind. And he said, we're worshiping. And he said, oh, pastor. He said, the worship was amazing. And he said, I'm watching. This church runs thousands, not people. He said, I'm watching people being slain in the spirit. 
And he said, I watch, and I can see my, my wife and daughters, and all of a sudden, they're slain in the spirit. And I'm going, what in the world? And he said, next thing I knew, I'm waking up. I'm, I'm on the ground. And he said, afterwards, I grabbed the pastor, and I said, what's different here? And the pastor said, oh, I don't know. He goes, no, no, he, listen, between you and I, so, you know, he told me between him and him, so you can't tell anybody. And he said, can I tell you the difference? He said, so many times, and this is not you guys, this is a prophetic word for you guys. He said, in America, worship has become a paid job. He said, here, our people say, wait, you want me to sing for the Lord he said it's not a job and I know this on you guys I know this on you guys he said it's not a job it's an honor and a call and when I read that about the 144,000 I thought of you guys I saw you guys and I said that's you it's a call When they looked up and saw them worshiping the Lord, they fell to their knees. There's going to be times coming on you guys that I won't even get to say a word. They'll be on their knees. And the miracles will flow. We're going to pray in a moment to make sure you're ready. That's the whole reason for this. I know who's on the throne. And I'm declaring you prophetically. I don't know what's going to happen in the world. Listen to me. I don't know what's going to happen in the world. But for those of us who are in the kingdom of God, we're in this world. But we're not of this world. I don't know how to say this except to show you what God showed me. He's taking a, it's like a giant tarp of anointing. Like a wedding veil. He's pulling over us, and he's covering us. He's covering us like a hoopah. Thank you, Lord. Like a flowing. I can see it in my, I can see it in my spirit right now. He's taking it. He's got the angels of God. He's taking it, and he's covering you under the hoopah. When, a, when, a, when you get married, you're getting married in this world, but you're not getting married in this world. You're under the canopy of God. That's what God's doing, a glorious church. And he wants to make sure you're in it. You're in it. I'll get up tomorrow. I'll I'll make coffee. I'll read my Bible. I'll pray. I'll go about doing my business. I'm in this world, but I am not of this world. And neither are you. Do you receive that? Do you receive that? I want every head bowed, every eye closed. No one look around. I'm not even going to have you raise your hand because I want to pray. There's a miracle coming right now. I want us to all say this. I want us to all say this out loud. Say this. Say, Father, I come to you right now. In the name of Jesus. Everybody lift their hands. Lift their hands. L- lift your hands. This, is, this sounds so corny. Lift your hands. Look at me. Lift your hands and grab a hold of that canopy. For you and your family, your children, your grand. Grab a hold of that canopy that God is bringing over you. Grab a hold of it and say, no, nobody's going to pull this away from me. I'm going to have the covering of God until the coming of the Messiah. Say, Father, I come to you right now. In the name of Jesus. I know I've sinned. We've all sinned. But I know this. You love me. 
so much. You sent Jesus Christ to pay the price in full for all my sin. Right now, I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. Now say this with authority. Satan, get out of my life. Get out of my mind. Get out of my spirit. Get out of my body. Get out of my home, my family, my finances, and my future. I declare I am covered in the name and the blood of Jesus. And I am, I am, I am more than a conqueror. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Give the Lord a clap offering this morning. I want to pray. Forgive me, I'm, I'm 15 minutes over. I want to pray. Last Wednesday, we were in the studio filming our television program for the month of December. And the month, that month, we felt led of the Lord to do the month-long teachings on miracles of God the miracles of God. And as we were getting ready to come out, I looked over at Tiz. I don't know, can you, I, I know Scotty's not here. Uh, can you bring up the picture of Tiz on, on that studio? I, he was supposed to have it, but maybe he didn't get it done. That's okay. There it is. This is Tiz for the first time in a year and a half with her real hair. with her real hair. And when we finished, now you may say, well, what's the big deal about that? When we finished, God spoke to me and he said, Sunday morning, tell your church, tell your church, this is your time of total restoration. Now, listen to what I'm saying. I told them on, on camera, I said, Look, look how beautiful. Pull that back up. Pull that back up. Look how beautiful she looks. I said, she looked beautiful when she looked like Kojak. She's the same girl. When she was bald as Derek. I remember sitting there watching TV and watching her pull her hand out and clumps of hair until there was one hair left and I said you're going to cut that she goes nope <laughs> one hair bald as bald can be and God has totally restored and here's what God said for you here's what God told me for you this is prophetic here's what God told me for you What's the devil stolen from you? What has the devil stolen from you? Is it hair? Is it joy, finances, health, peace, family, happiness? This is a sign of total restoration. And it happens, it begins today. How many of you need, listen, everything the devil, look how beautiful she looks. And I don't, I don't want to give the devil any credit. She was supposed to be dead a year and a half ago. 
You understand that? But we serve a miracle God. Not only does God do miracles, he makes the devil restore everything he's stolen. He makes him restore it. You're going out a glorious church someday forever, but right now it's a shadow. Same, same blessing. How many of you need God to restore something the devil has stolen? Lift your hand up. Lift your hand up. Lift your hand up. Father, in the name of Jesus. Man, I can, I'm, I'm sorry for going so long, but I, there is such an anointing here. Father, in the name of Jesus, I bind the devil. In this room, in your home, in your family, in your business, all of you that are watching around the world, I bind the devil. God, you said whatever we bind on earth, shout out, I bind you. Whatever we bind on earth is bound in heaven. And whatever we loosen, say, I loosen. Father, we loosen divine restoration of homes, of families, of businesses, of jobs, of health, of, of, of whatever it is the enemy has stolen, we call it back in. We call it back in. We send the angels of God to gather it and bring it back in. In the, Oh, gosh. Look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. One of the, when I was saying that, one of the scriptures for the millennium is not only is the curse broken, not only will the plowman overtake the reaper, but the harvest will be so great. The harvest will be so great that we will worship God in joy because of the joy and the abundance of the harvest. I release that on you right now. I release that on you right now. Say, I receive it. Say, I receive it in Jesus' name, not someday, but today. Now give the Lord a clap offering and say, I receive it. Look at that. Look at that. That is a sign for you. Everything the enemy has stolen, it's coming back. There's somebody, and I know this sounds vague, but I'm going to say it anyway. There's somebody that you're, you're estranged from your children and God is right now God is right now speaking to your children you look between now and Christmas total restoration between you and your children you look right now total restoration between you and your children there is a there is a male here and I'm not gonna he's not an old man he's not a young man there's a male here that you have you have great anger towards your father I want every head bowed every eye closed you have great anger towards your father. This is a generational curse. This is a thing that the enemy, I'm not saying your dad didn't do it. I'm saying that the Bible says, honor your father and mother, that your life will be long and your life will be good. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Where are you? you you've got animosity towards your father. God is telling you to let your father go. Release him. Release him. Begin to pray for him. I see that hand, that hand, that hand. Raise your hand. That hand, that hand, that hand, that hand. Wow. That hand, 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 that hand. Listen to me. This is going to this is going to change your life. This is going to change your life. This is going to change your life. There's there every head bowed, every eye closed. This is restoration time. There is there is maybe more. There is a woman here. 
that a, a man that you were married to, it was a horrible relationship. The, and forgive me if I'm not saying this politically correct. The best thing you could have done was leave, but you've not been able to move on. Today, God is breaking that curse off you. Wave, wave at me. Who are you? Who are you? That hand, 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 that hand. There's, there's a couple of you. Thank you, Lord. There's a couple of you that are remarried, but because you're, you still view your current husband through the eyes of your past husband, it's been blocking the breakthrough in your family. Where are you? Wave at me. Wave at me, that hand, that hand, amen, that hand. You're going to have a whole new marriage. You're going to have a whole new home. And this is going to be broken off of your children and your children's children in Jesus' name. How many love the Lord? Look at me. How many think the millennium is going to be good? And I, I know I keep saddling the same horse, but listen to me. How many think the millennium is going to be awesome? Exceedingly abundantly above anything you can ask or think, right? We're in a shadow of that. We're in a shadow of that right now. Look for favor from God and favor from man. Look from favor, favor from God that God will open doors. God will open windows of heaven. But look for favor of man in situations, your boss, your neighbor, in courts, whatever it is, that God will speak to those people. And you have favor with God and favor with man. We're in the shadow of the amazing blessing of God. Once again, all things work together for the good of those who love God and call the touring to his purpose. Let me close with this. This really is my last closing. You know, that's what happens when Scotty and I talk about it all the time. When I start moving the gifts, it, once you open that door, it's open. It's open. Look at me. This is why God showed us Ephesians 5. A glorious church. I don't know what's going to happen out there, but I know by the word of God what's going to happen in us. A glory, say me, a glorious church, a glorious church without spot, without wrinkle. This is what is getting ready to happen in every area of your life. Every area, not maybe. Not maybe. It's going to happen. Things you've been praying for, things your mom and dad have been praying for, things your family have been waiting for, the curse is broken. And the blessing is released. I got to cut it off. I got to. It is going to be absolutely amazing. Stay in the church. All things work together for the good, not of those who say Jesus is Lord. All things work together for the good of those who. And that's why we're covered. We got work to do. Remember when Tiz first got sick? Rabbi and Susan Lappin flew in to pray for Tiz. 
And Rabbi said these words. He said, were you guys retired? I'd be worried about you. But because you still have a mission from God, said the devil won't touch you. You have a mission. You, you, we have a mission. And we're, can, we can touch the world. 